0: Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now, your host, Dr. Barry. And again, welcome to another edition of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, bringing you episode 58 of our lunch and Learn series today we are talking about why your doctor is so frustrated and I got lots of reasons again I'm not saying I'm frustrated but I'm talking in general why your doctor may be frustrated and just judging off the past couple weeks um, it's pretty evident that there's a lot of physicians who really aren't happy with where they're at, what they're doing from a job and career standpoint. And I want to kind of let the audience know, especially in my lunch and learn community, that it is something that physicians are facing on a day-to-day basis. I want to kind of give you an inside look on why. But first of all, I want to stop and say thank you to all my well-wishers who's been looking out for me in the past week or so. If you, depending on when you're listening to this um, you realize that I did not do an episode last week. Why? Because my kids got me so sick. I mean, sick. They got the whole house sick. It usually happens this way one of them gets sick, and then the whole house ends up getting sick. But I ended up uh, having to, one, call off work because it was so bad. Um, I lost my voice. Again, like, I'm just now getting it back. I didn't do any videos. I didn't do anything because I couldn't even talk on the videos because my voice was so bad. So thank you for all my well-wishers for who were looking out uh, for their episode 58 of last week. I wish it came out, but we're here this week. We're back in full effect, back on our regularly scheduled program. And like always, if you want today's show notes, head over to DrPierre's blog.com forward slash LLP058 or lunchlearnpod.com. You'll get the show notes both ways. You'll get all of the episode clips uh, for both ways. If you haven't had a chance, go ahead and check out episode 57 as well, uh, where we talk about why the media seems to want to put everyone on life support whenever they get sick and end up in a hospital, right? So, like always, head over to my show notes, drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP058, or lunchlearnpod.com, and get ready for another great episode, and find out today why you're a doctor. It is so frustrated right now. Hey, so first I want to start off with the episode. I want to talk about a recent lecture I had keynote for at my hospital, Wellington Regional, and the topic of discussion was transition of care. Right, which essentially means how do I get the patient from the hospital bed back to the doctor's office, right? And it was pretty eye-opening for lots of different reasons. One, I did not realize that it was going to be such a hot topic, especially amongst the local primary care providers in the area, uh, because, I mean, trust me, it got so bad, I ended up having to stay almost an hour past my uh, speech schedule, uh, just still fielding questions and trying to you know, work on solutions because it was such a hot button issue for a lot of the primary care doctors. And in that, I noticed that there was a lot of pent up frustration, not necessarily with uh, the hospital or my lecture or the lecture topic. But just something that had been building up within uh, the outpatient providers for a while, that here I was, I kind of served at a sounding board to kind of get it off their chest, right? And, you know, things such as, you know, not being listened to, right? It was something that I heard quite frequently, where you had your outpatient provider saying, hey, I've been telling the hospital you should do this. I've been telling the hospital you should do that. And no one's listening to me, right? And growing up, if you've ever been in a situation where you're trying to plead your case, you're trying to tell your story, but no one seems to be listening, you can see how frustrated it was, Frustrating that is back then, right? So imagine, you know, being a physician out in the community trying to take care of your patient and here this hospital, this facility, this place that's supposed to be taking care of your patient isn't doing a good job taking a patients, and they're not listening to some of the solutions you have on trying to take care of your patients, right? So that was one thing that was pretty evident right off the bat. Uh, another thing uh, that I've found uh, pretty common amongst the outpatient providers, especially when talking about this discussion on how to get their patients back to their office, right, is that it didn't seem like They were being brought in uh, the discussion of trying to find a solution, right? So, again, they were frustrated because no one was listening to them. And then they were frustrated because it felt like people who were trying to make solutions weren't even including them in the decision making, right? Which I can tell you for a physician is probably some of the hardest things we have to deal with. One, someone not listening to us. And two, someone not following our direction, right? We absolutely hate that. I remember being a primary care provider, and again, you know, for those who know, have been following me, you know, I actually hate the term primary care provider. I think it, you know, really belittles the amount of work that an outpatient uh, physician does, whether you're an internist, family medicine physician, pediatrician. I think it really, you know, belittles like that term and just says, oh, you're just a primary care provider, right? Like again, it's I think it's BS, but again, uh, for this topic, we'll use uh, primary care provider or outpatient provider kind of interchangeably. So you got these uh, physicians who've been out in the community for years, some people who have been practicing longer than I've been alive. Again, I'm 34, I'm 35 years old. Some people have been practicing longer than I've been alive, and here they are still not being listened to and still not being able to put any input uh, when it comes to solutions, right? So that was one thing I noticed from my topic of discussion that was evident pretty quickly, right? Another thing that I saw, especially with the Outpatient providers and within the hospital is that they seem to be getting a lot of the blame, right? So it seemed to be that a lot of the blame was being shifted onto them. But again, uh, when just going through my discussion, uh, it was pretty evident that there was plenty of blame to kind of be spread around, and I had one one physician, you know. Who, who was so frustrated he said you know what i'm just gonna not send my patients over here right like he was that frustrated right and It was one of those kind of uh pleas for help like saying hey like what do i have to do uh, to get some help around here right and he said i'm just gonna stop sending my patients right here right?" of course he was not gonna do that it was again it was a little bit more of a frustration but i could feel his pain especially because i'm right now i'm in the I'm in the driver's seat. Right. But I've I've seen both worlds. Right. And just to give you a quick bio on myself. Right. When I got out of residency in 2014, I went into outpatient medicine, but I also did uh, inpatient medicine. I also worked in the nursing homes. I also did home visits. So I've kind of done all of the different facets of medicine uh, that you can kind of think of. So I understand the, the plights and the positives and negatives of each different specialty right so here I was as this you know now I'm an inpatient academic physician who is trying to plead the case of why we all and when I say we all I mean the outpatient physicians the inpatient physicians the hospitals the the nursing homes why we all need to kind of get together right and and you know get our act together right for the greater good of the patient right because at the end of the day it's all about the patient right but here it was, the outpatient providers feeling like they were getting all of the blame for the problems. They were no one was listening to them for solutions and no one was even including them when it came to decision making. Right. So that's kind of where we started off. Real like where I started off seeing like, OK, I got a lot of upset doctors in the area. Right. And as a patient, right, you may not really understand why your doctor acts a certain way. You may not understand why every time you go to your doctor's office, he's always talking about the insurance company, or he's always talking about billing, or he's always talking about how he has to see too many patients. Uh, But I want you to kind of get, you know, get get a mindset on this side here to kind of understand why some of the things uh, actually happen to occur, right? Moving forward, right? Again, if, if this situation wasn't enough, right? Moving forward, I recently had to go to a lecture conference, right, to get some classes for my license, right? I had to renew my license, so I needed there some required courses, especially in the state of Florida, that you need to do just to be able to renew your license, right? So I was there, and it was, it's in the state of Florida, but I met a lot of my old uh, attendings, right? A lot of my old attendings were there, and a lot of older physicians were there, along with younger physicians. But a lot of older physicians were there, and I just, you know, just kind of chopping it up and wrapping uh, with some of my old attendings, and you know, asking, you know, uh, very pointed questions, right? A good, good friend of mine, Doctor Watson Duke, tell, who uh, has been on a previous episode where we talked about why how everyone has a high blood pressure. The thing he likes to do, right, is ask them, how well are they doing right now, right? This is a question that we don't really think about. I think especially as a physician, we're so used to taking care of our patients, right? We're so used to asking about the well-being of our patients, right? That Sometimes we forget to ask about the well-being of our other colleagues, right? So his thing is he likes to ask, how well are you doing now, right? And, you know, almost to the T, right, when he would ask some of uh, our older, uh, you know, uh, physicians and my older attendings, right, uh, you know, we would get like almost like a monologue, right? We would get this uh, sense of frustration, right? We would get this sense of uh, loss, uh, I, I'd say, and I almost have to say loss because, again, one of my one of my old attendings, right, um, he actually kind of went through a list of regrets he had, right? And things that he wish he could have done differently if he would have started out. And one of the first things that he pointed out, right, which, like, kind of hit me in the chest, right, uh, when he said, if I could go back in time, right, I would go and get some equity, right? And what for those, you know, you may not be thinking, like, what does that mean? Like, he wanted to say, he said, instead of, like, renting out a room, right, he would have maybe got a building, right? He would have wanted to own something, right? And this is something that physicians are really uh, being faced with especially on the the negative end right that a lot of times we're going into this career field and we're not really owning anything right like everything is rented the building is rented the room is rented The, uh, the equipment is like everything is kind of borrowed time but nothing really essentially belongs to us even though you know, it's our signature that's keeping the lights on, right? Even though it's our signature that's it's essentially driving industries, and I mean entire industries. And I, I joke to say, okay, I'm in South Florida, right? There's probably a, a million home health agencies in South Florida, right? Again, I'm, I'm, it's hyperbole, right? But there's a lot of them, right? But none of them would be able to prosper, right? If some physician does not sign off on anything that they're doing, right? And that's what's so crazy. There's a lot of industries based around the fact of the physician who goes to school, does their residency training, and, you know, gets licensed, right? And these industries wouldn't even make a single dime if not for that physician. But a lot of times physician isn't getting any of that ownership back, right? So that was one of the things he really pointed out, um, you know, right off the bat. He said, if I could go back in time, I would just own something, right? Like I would like have some type of control, and he felt that, again, even though uh, he had been practicing for this long and he had, was he was so accomplished, he didn't have any control of what he was doing. And uh, he had recently kind of switched jobs and he recently kind of uh, kind of made some career changes that kind of gave him some of that control back. And he felt that he was happier now than he was years ago, even when he was training me. Right. So, you know, that kind of hit me. You know, right off, you know, right at the bat. Right. Because, again, I'm young. Right. Like I'm, you know, I'm not five years out of residency. Right. I'm not even actually not even four years out of residency. And these are things that I I like to know. Right. Because these are things like I don't want to make the same mistakes. Right. Going forward. Right. I don't want to make I don't want to be, you know, 10 years in a game, 15 years in this game and then uh, be upset. Uh, at the world and, you know, be upset at my patients and, uh, you know, always, always seem like the meanie when I'm walking around my clinic, right? I don't want to do that. So it's kind of eye-opening to kind of see some of these uh, burdens and these gripes uh, that my older colleagues are having, right? Because again, it's something that if they're having these older, uh, if they're having these gripes, I need to do something to make sure I avoid uh, to have them when I get their age. And just kind of, again, we, we talked to, to several physicians around there, and I think there was, like, a very common theme around, you know, why they were frustrated, right? Again, this is why we're listening, right? Like, what what what's happening right now, especially in 2018, uh, that your doctor's upset, right? Because, again, on the outside looking in, If you're a physician, right, you're, you know, you're supposed to be making all of this money and you're, you know, at the top of the food chain in regards to the career. Like what's happening? And a lot of it kind of boiled down to these like four things. Right. And we're going to talk about these four things that I think is, you know, pretty pertinent. Right. The first one. Right. Is money. Right. Like you. And again, money is a difficult discussion to have, especially when you're talking about, you know, physician salary versus, you know, someone else's salary, someone not in like that career field, because in the the career field of medicine, right, a physician who makes like 150000 a year, right, uh, that seems like a lot of money. Uh, but in their eyes, they're like, you know, that's not a lot of money. Again, I, I jokingly, like I say jokingly, like, I had friends when I was in medical school who told me they would not, turn their head to stop the alarm for less than 150 a year right like it was just something that when you're in this world right money has a totally different uh, connotation to it right but when when again i kind of alluded to earlier right when you're a physician when you go to when you were pre-med and then you were in medical school then you went to residency when you realize the amount of money that gets generated Because all of that blood, sweat, and tears that you kind of went through, only to realize that in the grand scheme of things, especially, uh, you know, when we talk about the piece of the pie when it comes to who makes money in medicine, right? To understand that, you know, you're at like the bottom, bottom of it, right? Like it's sad and it's, and it's, again, it's kind of, it's almost heartbreaking, right? Because again, a lot of, especially a lot of my colleagues go into medicine, right? And that's all they do, right? You know, that's this nothing but medicine. Right. Like the only way they generate any type of income is through medicine. Right. And for those who know and those who follow me know that that's one thing that I've always been a champion of not doing. Right. Like I've always been a champion of making sure that, yes, medicine can provide a good income, but you better be doing something else, especially if you're a physician. Right. You better be doing something else to generate more income, uh, because again, one day, again, last week I was sick. Right? Again, I was a temporary thing, right? But last week I was sick and I couldn't practice any medicine. So imagine if the only way I was able to generate income was actually going to the clinic, I would have to go to the clinic sick. And again, that was, and that's kind of like the scenario I want you to have to think about when you you have these, you know, these people who really go into a profession where if they're not doing that thing, they're not making any money in this day and age right we have a lot of physicians right who are practicing and and i hate to say it right uh, maybe practicing a little bit longer than they really should have especially when it comes to age when it comes to medical knowledge when it comes to trying to adapt uh, with the newer times Uh, But the reason why they have to do it is because financially, they just can't stop and quit, right? Financially, uh, they weren't preparing themselves, right? Financially, something happened. And you know what? They had a setback, and now they still got to keep working, right? And I can tell you right now, I do not expect to see myself be like this, you know, 50, 60, 70-year-old physician, right, who's in the clinic, still having to do that, right? Like, I'm telling you, uh, I will be taking a step back by the time... I get to that age, right? Because I just can't see myself uh, not because I don't want to do it, right? Uh, but I feel like I'd be much better used somewhere else and letting a younger generation kind of take in and, you know, do the day-to-day work, right? So that's one thing, right? The money, right? Another reason why your doctor is frustrated is regulation right and l- unless for some reason you're just n- not paying attention uh, to the news or any health related news at all right uh, physician in their work is becoming so regulated and uh, a lot of the power and control is just out of their hands right you have these uh, politicians who have no career In medicine, right? No uh, background in health, right? No background in taking care of patients, right? Making decisions on your behalf, right? And unless you give them a lot of money, right? Unless you donate a lot of money to their campaigns, right? They don't want to hear what you have to say. So you have these, uh, you have these uh, politicians, right? Who sole job is really to take care of the biggest. Lobbying firms, right, making decisions on how you should take care of someone in your office. And it's uh, becoming tougher and tougher. And physicians, again, imagine, again, you going to school for 12 plus years only to have someone who, you know, does not have your background in medicine and your background in medical knowledge tell you what and how to do it. Right. I can tell you right now in the hospital setting. Right. It's something that I deal with all the time now right, even all the time now. Where I have people who are administrators, people who are uh, hospital staff, people who are even nursing staff, right I have all of these people who go by, you know what a guideline says, and then they want you to practice that way, right? Like they have totally taken out the patient in in the equation, right? Now, for example, like you know again, we won't delve too far into this, right? But for patients who, come into the hospital right if and they come in for stroke like symptoms for patients who come with a stroke like symptoms you know medicare recommends that you know what you should order a cholesterol panel you should put them on cholesterol medication and i have you know again administrators people who work in the office right who will track me down if i don't order that cholesterol panel even though this patient just had a stroke, and they can't move the left side of their body, to them, the most important thing is make sure I order that cholesterol level, right? Because they get deemed from it, right? They get penalized from it, right? And, and that's kind of what's happening, right? We've kind of taken uh, the, the patient out of the equation. Again, is that cholesterol panel important to know? Maybe. Uh, most likely, I'm going to put them on those types of medication anyway, right? But like, for, again, for from a guideline, from a rule standpoint, it says I got to order that cholesterol panel first, right? So these are just some of the you know annoying things from a regulatory standpoint that physicians are facing. And again, if we're facing it in the the inpatient realm, you best believe they're facing it in an outpatient realm where certain tests cannot even be ordered unless certain diagnosis attached to it, right? Like, you have, you know, computer-generated insurance models essentially dictating whether a test gets approved or not, right? And you have physicians having to then waste their time and call, you know, a physician on the other end and plead their case essentially saying, this is why I need you to approve this test, right? And it happens all the time, right? And again, so, you know, the regulation uh, is really driving a wedge between your physician and your physician's happiness. Uh, number three, right? Lack of respect, right? Again, I kind of alluded to it earlier, right? There's a lack of respect that continues to go on amongst your uh, physicians, amongst the medical community uh, to the outside world, right? Yeah, there's a, a, res- a lack of respect for that physician who's done all of their training, done all of their years of work only to have someone who has a website, right, or someone who's able to Google and tell them, no, you know what, yes, even though I know you went to school for this, you did this extra training for this, I'm going to listen to uh, this website that I Googled, right? Again, that's some of the tough things that, you know, that physicians are running to more and more, especially outpatient doctors are running to more and more on an outpatient basis. Again, I used to have patients you know we would we would call them you know our googling patients right because whenever they came to my office right they always had this printout paper to give me because they wanted me to read and see like hey Dr. Pierre this is what I'm on right now uh, what do you think about this right so again it, it happens a lot and uh, patients again the patient choice is there right again I'm not knocking patient choice right but when it comes in the setting of disrespecting, And, you know, belittling your physician's work over the years, right? Again, that's when the problems arise. And last but not least is the lack of control. Your physician, your outpatient physician, your inpatient physician, your physician who works and goes to nursing homes, your physician who goes to rehab centers, your physician who maybe see patients in a home, right? There's this lack of control that just... Uh, Something that they've lost. Right. Again, I alluded to my old attending who said if he could go back in time, he would own things. Right. Uh, He would instead of renting. Right. Because that was something that uh, he didn't realize was so important. And the lack of control, right, of being able to control your own destiny, right, being able to control your own salary, being able to control your own time uh, when you want to work, when you don't want to work, right, a lot of physicians are giving that up or are losing that control, losing that battle, and it's frustrating the hell out of them. When, when I say it's frustrating the hell out of them, right, again, I'm not saying that they're making poor medical choices, right. What I'm saying is that now they're essentially kind of, you know, Putting it back on the the patient, right? So again, you may not realize it, right? And again, I want you, especially in my lunch Learn learning community, you know, next time you go to your doctor, right? You know, you'll notice see if your doctor is uh, how happy your doctor is, right? And see if your doctor is one of those ones who always is complaining about you know the company they're working for, or always complaining about having to see so many patients, right? Or always complaining. Uh, about you know the the amount of paperwork they have to do right say if your physician's one of those physicians right and again you're and that may mean that your physician is one of those frustrated doctors that i'm kind of referring to right because honestly there's a lot of them right there's a lot of them you know the numbers are just going to keep on increasing uh, because again Physicians are making less money. Physicians are having less control. There's more regulation. There's less respect out there. So, you know, that number is only going to continue to build and i'm i feel fortunate right i feel fortunate that i'm young and i'm naive right and because i'm young and naive right like i i know i feel like you know what that's not gonna be me right i'm hoping right i'm saying you know that's not gonna be me right and i don't honestly i don't think it is anyway because a lot of these issues that they have a problem with i have a problem with them now and i'm i'm doing stuff about them now right instead of waiting, you know, 20, 30 years where it's too late to do stuff about it, right? And that that's why I really uh, admire my physician colleagues, my health professional colleagues in general, but especially my physician colleagues who are looking to do more and who are looking to Expand their brand and looking to uh, try something different, right? And again, I do the podcast, I do the blogging, I do the videos, right? And I do that because I don't want you to only think uh, that the only way I exist in this world of medicine, right, is when you come to see me in the office, right? Or now in the setting where you come see me in a hospital, right? I want you to understand that my goal is to educate, to empower, uh, to keep uh, health. On your priority list right because again i know for a lot of people it isn't for lots of different reasons right and if anything that i can do to make health move up in that top five top three i'm gonna do it so again that's you know again that's where we're at now again for all of my Lunch and Learn community listeners, understand that Dr. Berry is not frustrated. Dr. Barry is very happy where he's at right now. Uh, but understand that, again, there's a lot more uh, physicians out there who aren't as happy, who aren't as in control as I am. And those may be the ones who you say, you know what, always seem to be have like a chip on the shoulder, always seem to be upset at the world. And hopefully after listening to this episode, you kind of understand uh, the reason why. And last but not least, remember the goal of our community is to empower you to help you take care of yourself, take control of your health, so you can live longer and a more peaceful life. I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to Lunch Learn Pod where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure and like always depending on where you're listening this to please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you and we are at all of your favorite podcast listening stations including apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud iheartradio spotify and stitcher radio again thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health and we'll see you next week